It's 5 p.m. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. applies for a federal declaration of national emergency regarding the water crisis facing St. Croix residents. The Division of Personnel is hosting an upcoming election for the Government Employees Service Commission. The Brian Roach administration is seeking community feedback on its draft legislation to address abandoned and derelict buildings. We get response from Senator Donna Fred Gregory, who has similar legislation. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. As of 12 p.m. today, I have declared a state of emergency for the portable water systems on the island of St. Croix. At today's press briefing, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. declared a state of emergency and applied the territory for a federal declaration of national emergency regarding the water crisis facing St. Croix residents. I want to be clear because there's been a lot of discussion. A local declaration of emergency is a declaration by the governor of the Virgin Islands that gives me access to funding, the ability to do price freezes, and the like. A national declaration of emergency, which is what the most important thing is, is to get the resources of the federal government, where we will also be getting funding, but more money for, for water, the ability to access funds for health testing, and the like. Some of the things that are not within our grasp at this point. The governor also designated the commissioners of the Department of Health and the Department of Planning and Natural Resources to serve as lead agencies to coordinate emergency response activities within the Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency. The Water and Power Authority will maintain responsibility for creating the path into permanent safety for all water and water lines. Uh, as time goes by, because uh, this is not going to be a one-month process or a two-month process, it's probably a six months to several years to totally eradicate this problem, we'll be looking at different ways that we could substitute uh, people, especially those on fixed incomes and for children, households with children, uh, trying to figure out what we can do extra to provide services to those households, whether that's providing credits on their water lines for flushing or being able to provide filters, whether in line or on the top of the counter or attached to your uh, faucet. We'll be looking into all of those things and bringing those online. This is why the federal declaration is so important, because a lot of our money is tied to uh, replacement of the system and replacements of parts, but we don't have resources to really give people free water uh, and the like. Those resources we would have to use our local funds in order to do them. So we have about 50 million right now dedicated to eradicating this problem uh, in the Virgin Islands as an immediate address and then 1.2 billion in terms of getting rid of all the unsafe drinking water, uh, all the lead or particulates uh, components in the system. Speaking on the power outages currently affecting the island of St. Thomas and St. John, WAPA CEO Andrew Smith provided updates on the progress. St. Thomas and St. John are currently experiencing rotating outages on the electrical system. 
WAPA crews preliminarily identified the damaged underground cable around midnight last night near Frenchtown, affecting feeder 13. However, weather conditions were hazardous for the crews to conduct testing or continue repairs. The rain has subsided somewhat and crews started to pump water out of the manhole in order to make the necessary repairs. The current rotation schedule can be found on our website, social media, and via WAPA alerts tentatively through 9.30 p.m. And over the weekend, the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority experienced an oil spill at the Randolph-Harley Power Plant on St. Thomas. We're still calculating the, uh, the quantity of the spill. But it's about 6,000 gallons of, of diesel. Um, and for those who are doing math at home, there's 42 gallons per barrel of, of diesel. Um, the root cause of that is still under investigation. Um, I can assure you that our first response uh, was to address the spill. Um, we'll post-mortem what happened after we get everything cleaned up. Um, WAPA does have a, an incident spill response team at the ready. Uh, they responded quickly. Uh, Coast Guard has been involved. Uh, we've just about emptied the tank by, by having to burn the fuel off. Uh, we, didn't, we don't have anywhere else to go store that. Um, so we've been operating on diesel uh, here on St. Thomas for the last few days to empty that tank down. And so, uh, as I mentioned, we'll be looking at the, at the root cause of that uh, in the coming days. Uh, most fortunately in all of that, uh, there were no injuries. Uh, our employees and our contractors are all safe. Uh, and, you know, we thank them for their, their quick response to that spill. But we'll be updating uh, as we learn more over the coming days. In water-related news, Our Town Fredericksted, a St. Croix community advocacy organization, is voicing its concerns about the findings of elevated lead and copper levels detected in the water supply. The organization is calling for immediate action after they say years of complaints by residents was often met with indifference. Referring to WAPA CEO Andrew Smith's September 12th statement that there was nothing wrong with the brown water residents were experiencing, President for Our Town Fredericksted Shomari Moorhead voiced that they are calling for accountability and an apology. We're just asking WAPA to be very transparent with the community, um, provide up-to-date information on the status of the water quality, um, provide us with, you know, those affected residents with um, water filters that can remove lead from the water, um, give us timelines of remediation, and then not to charge the public for water that we cannot use. Um, you know, we have... You know, we aren't even sure how many people are affected. They say 13,000, that 13,000 on St. Croix, that 13,000 throughout the Virgin Islands. Um, but really, you know, keep us up to date. You know, even the most recent press release that came out was not very fulfilling in terms of information and timeline. So we're just asking to be upfront, um, provide water filters, you know, not charge consumers for water that cannot be used. And, you know, most of all, you know, apologize for, you know, misleading the community over the last couple of months or years, for example. Earlier in the month, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. held a meeting with members of the 35th legislature to present his administration's latest version of draft legislation aimed at addressing derelict and abandoned buildings. In August, the administration conducted two public town hall meetings to gain insights and suggestions from residents. Last week, the administration made the bill public and open for comments. We spoke with Senator Donna Fred Gregory, who also has similar legislation in the works. What I've read thus far, you know, basically calls for placing abandoned and dirty properties under the purview of the courts 
And of course, we know that we have challenges with the courts because we have long-standing issues that need to be resolved, particularly those that are tied to probate. Um, I, I actually did some research and I found that we have like 837 probate cases still sitting in our courts territory-wide. So there's some things that we have to con contemplate. And of course, um, we also have to be careful in protecting uh, or to protect Virgin Islanders and their property. Uh, naturally and most definitely, this issue needs to be addressed. Uh, but we have to safeguard, we have to put safeguards in place to ensure that, you know, we don't see a permeation of gentrification in the territory. The administration says that the latest version of the proposed legislation incorporates many of the suggested feedback from the public, aiming to involve the community in the decision-making process. Senator Fred Gregory stated that it wasn't about who authors the measure, but rather it being something we could all be pleased with. No legislation is ever perfect if you don't really work with others and collaborate on what's best. So, you know, I'm always open. I don't think it's about who owns the measure. It's really about at the end of the day when the measure is passed. What I am willing to do, and I share that with the, the governor and his team, is actually work with them so we could come up with a, with a, with, with a bill that is that works for, for all and, you know, does not really take away from... Uh, individuals who are, you know, challenged with their their this long-standing issue that we have with probate, etc. So, it is, it is a work in progress, and I have to applaud him for, you know, actually recognizing that it's a challenge here in the Virgin Islands, and we have to have Virgin Islands pride. So, you know, it's something that we really need to work towards addressing. The document will be open for a 30-day public comment period, inviting additional input from residents of the Virgin Islands. Those interested in viewing the proposed bill can find the link by heading over to the WTJX Facebook page. On Tuesday, November 7th, employees and retirees for the Government of the Virgin Islands will participate in the election of candidates for the Government Employee Service Commission. We spoke with Division of Personnel Director Cindy Richardson on the purpose of the board and the importance of participating in the election. The GSE Health Insurance Board is is the board that takes a look at our insurance coverage coverage they work along with our um with our consultants along with our providers in making sure that you have the best um, insurance coverage possible they also govern too and they take a look at a lot of our wellness activities that are put on by the division of personnel along with some other vendors throughout the territory to ensure that we are taking care of ourselves as government as government employees um, so they have that input in all that we do where wellness and our insurance um, concerns are director richardson explained the details on this year's process Long ago, before I would say, even before I came on um, in 2021, when uh, the first election under my tenure was held, before that, I do believe they were done by phone and even by paper. Um, so with COVID, we've made some changes. Even back in 2021, we did it using what we call our dot forms, um, where it could be done online. And uh, that our resource that we have, that software that we use, allowed us to have control 
of that in the sense of um, transparency and then it also allowed us to prevent individuals from voting more than once. So we have um, provided different options in which we can use the JotForm portal to allow us to conduct uh, an efficient election. Our active employees are actually going to be receiving an email that is going to direct them to or have a link that will take them to the online portal where they will go, they will enter their information and they could then have a uh, select, they'll have their selection for each category. Um, it'll have a picture of the individuals who are running along with a little bit of a write-up and they're allowed to select their, um, their individuals who they're voting for the respective category. So one, individuals will be receiving an email. So that includes all government employees along with our retirees. And I think the clarification that's really needed, especially for the retiree population, is that when they hear the word email, they think, well, we're going to get an email, we're going to respond, and then the division of personnel has to actually count those individual emails. And that's not what's, what's happening. We're actually providing you with an email that you click on the link and it takes you right to the portal, which you can have your, vote, your ballot right in front of you to vote. So that's one way. So we're doing it via email. So let's say for some reason you did not get the email, you didn't see it, or like I said, you just did not receive that email. We're also making it available on our website where you can actually just go onto the Division of Personnel website, which is www.dopusvi.org. And there's a place where we're going to have where you can actually just go into vote, taking you to that same portal. In addition to that, we've also made it available where individuals who would like to come in person to vote, you can do so by coming to either of the Division of Personnel offices, both on St. Thomas and St. Croix, between the hours of 8 and 5 p.m. Um, so that will be on our St. Thomas building, um, St. Thomas location, which is located in the GERS building on the third floor, and then on our St. Croix office, which is located in Orange Grove, Orange Grove Shopping Center, where we will have staff that's going to be able to greet you and take you into the voting area where you can cast your votes. Again, this um, election is being held on Tuesday, November 7th, and our online portal um, will open at 12.01 a.m. and will end that evening at 11.59 p.m. So you have a full entire day to to vote, full 24 hours. And a lot of individuals too is also expressing concern, well, what if I'm on a shift? And that's why we have the online option as well. Again, it's our, our, it's going to be utilizing our JotForm software that will pull all the information in no matter where you vote. As we continue to move through the news feed, the Honorable Deborah Watlington, presiding judge of the Superior Court of the Virgin Islands, made the announcement of the reappointment of the Honorable Ernest Morris Jr. to serve a second four-year term as magistrate judge of the Superior Court of the Virgin Islands. After the period of public comment expired, the reappointment was affirmed by judges of the Superior Court. Magistrate Judge Morris is a native of the Virgin Islands, specifically to the island of St. Croix. During his time as a public servant, Judge Morris has worked as a territorial public defender, assistant legal counsel, and chief legal counsel for the legislature of the Virgin Islands. He has worked in the private sector, including serving as corporate counsel for VIA and opening his own law practice, the Morris Legal Group. He returned to public service on his first appointment to a four-year term as magistrate judge of the Superior Court in the District of St. Croix on November 10, 2019. His new term of office will begin November 11th.
There are more women than men registered to vote in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Complex. True. Correct answer. The election system of the Virgin Islands continued to celebrate its 60th anniversary celebration by hosting a Civics Matters quiz show. The competition aimed to test high school students' knowledge of various social, political, and historical topics. Held over the weekend at the University of the Virgin Islands Albert A. Sheen Campus Great Hall on St. Croix, student finalists from the Charlotte Amali High School and the St. Croix Educational Complex High School went head-to-head -head over three rounds to answer questions on civic-related matters on the Caribbean, the United States, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The Educational Complex team members to include Yadea Leo, Zaire Simmons, Anaira Richards, and Sophia Prasad edged out the Charlotte Amali Chicken Hawks by 100 points to win the competition. The Virgin Islands Committee of the Employer Support of Guard and Reserve is currently accepting nominations for the Virgin Islands ESGR State Chair. We spoke with Verna Walcott, Volunteer Support Technician for the ESGR program. Currently, ESGR is seeking the State Chair position. And what that is, is that it's a volunteer position um, where he heads the committee um, for the ESGR program here in the Virgin Islands. The State Chair um, is in charge of... Um, sorry, the state chair is an unofficial Department of Defense volunteer position. It's a three-year term, and they provide leadership and vision for the team for the volunteers throughout the Virgin Island carrying on the ESGR mission. So the current ESGR state chair, he did six years. This will be his sixth year, and so this is why we're looking for um, a successor. ESGR is a Department of Defense office and was established in 1972 to promote cooperation and understanding between reserve service members and their civilian employers. They aim to assist in resolving conflicts that may arise from an employee's military commitments. Those interested in submitting nominations can do so by December 31, 2023. Nominations can be sent via email to verna.l.walcutt.ctr at army.mil. For further inquiries regarding the nomination process, individuals can reach out to the search committee chair through Ms. Walcott at 340-690-3150. Effective today, the Virgin Islands Police Department has implemented changes to their Firearms and Records Bureau's offices. The Records Bureau on St. John will be open to the public Mondays and Fridays only between 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Reports can also be obtained at the St. Thomas Records Bureau, which will continue to maintain its regular business hours from Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. The St. Croix Records Bureau will continue its regular business hours from Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Business hours for fingerprinting have been extended territory-wide from 8.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Residents can also anticipate an increase in fees as the Firearms Bureau has increased their license fee to $75 and renewal fee to $150. For more information, call 340-778-2211 on St. Croix and 774-2211 on St. Thomas. The Department of Planning and Natural Resources announced that offices at the Mars Hill location in Fredericksted will be closed from today, Monday, October 30th, and reopen on Thursday, November 2nd to address maintenance issues, cleaning, and disinfection.
The Division of Personnel and the VI Bureau of Corrections has announced that the correction officer entrance examination is upcoming. The registration for the written examination began today and will end Monday, November 13th. To register, complete the application package online at dopusvi.org. Exams are scheduled to be held the week of December 4th through the 8th. For more information, contact Recruitment and Classification Specialist Ms. Loretta David at 340-774-8588 extension 5121 on St. Thomas, St. John or Ms. Shemine Eibel John on St. Croix at 340-718-8588 extension 4024. Kane Bay Cares is inviting St. Croix students ages 9 to 12 to participate in its second annual Kids Health IQ Expo on Sunday, November 12th at the market on St. Croix. Wendy Ambrose, the event coordinator and brand manager for Kane Bay Partners, has the details. It's basically like a mini health fair for children from the community. Um, it's We're going to have dynamic presentations to start for the first segment. The theme is My Amazing Body. So kids will be rotating in stations as they learn from these presenters about different parts of the body. We've got a nutritionist, we've got a registered nurse, we've got a chiropractor, um, and it's designed to be interactive, fun, things they can see, touch, and um, basically have fun with it. So the overall idea of this health fair is designed to give kids from our community practical and holistic ways that they can lead healthy lives. We know that here in the United Islands, the top three killers are um, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And we don't want that for the young people coming up. There are things that are preventable. So we would like them to be able to know that being healthy can be fun and um, it doesn't have to be a chore once you start incorporating these healthy practices from you. They're going to be competing in teams to do some uh, fun things. They're going to be able to win points for our final feature challenge, which I think everybody enjoys the most and looks forward to, which is a supermarket sweep inside of the grocery store, the market. This is the second time we're partnering with the market to do this. And so we're so excited about that, where they're given a list of grocery store items that they have to look for, and they have the opportunity to win up to $100 um, if they're the, the top winners. We're going to have first place prizes, second place prizes, and third place prizes, but uh, the grand prize is $100 for uh, each person on the winning team. All food items collected during the sweep will be donated to charity. Registration is free and open until November 3rd. Space is limited. Parents and guardians can visit canebaycares.org backslash education to learn more about the expo and register their children online. As we move through the news feed, we turn now to today's regional report. Following reports of floating packages in the area, the BVI's Royal Virgin Islands Police Force on Sunday retrieved seven floating packages from the water near the Roadtown Ferry Terminal. The packages are currently suspected to contain cocaine and are under examination and processing by officers. The Royal Virgin Islands Police Force has called upon the public to assist with their investigation. Anyone with knowledge regarding the origin of the packages 
or of individuals in possession of similar packages are urged to contact the intelligence unit at 368-9339. As we move through the news feed, we turn now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at your short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. Scattered showers will continue at St. Croix today. Temperatures will climb into the middle and upper 80s. Winds from the east at 10 to 15 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll also find numerous showers through the afternoon. Temperatures a few degrees warmer in the upper 80s to near 90. Winds also a bit stronger at the south-southeast direction at 10 to 15 with gusts as high as 25. Tonight, scattered showers taper off to mostly cloudy skies at St. Croix. Lows will fall back into the upper 70s to near 80. Winds remain from the east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, scattered showers also taper off overnight into Tuesday. Lows will fall back into the upper 70s to near 80. Sunshine early on Tuesday will give way to scattered showers in the afternoon at St. Croix. Highs are a few degrees warmer in the upper 80s to near 90. Winds again from the east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. And at St. Thomas and St. John, we'll also find early sunshine giving way to scattered showers in the afternoon. Temperatures are similar in the afternoon then in the upper 80s to near 90. More showers expected during the day on Wednesday across the entirety of the Virgin Islands. That's your latest look at your forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We now return to All Things Considered.